Have you ever felt trapped with no way out? found a YouTube video of a veteran who served three tours in Afghanistan. And after his third and final deployment, when he came home, he uncovered an enemy that was far more numerous, far more lethal, far more versatile than anything he'd ever experienced overseas. As he went through the emotional trauma of seeing life through the lens of PTSD, there seemed to be no escape and the emotional turmoil that was going on inside. He talked about all the flashbacks that he would see throughout the day going right back into Afghanistan. He thought about all the hallucinations he'd have at night that seemed so real. And every time he tried to turn to anything, something to take his mind off of this pain, it was a dead end. Darkness pinning him on all sides. He even tried opening up his Bible, and he he tried to read it, but the words would just get jumbled on the page, and he couldn't process that in his mind. Where would he go? Where could he find relief? Where could he find strength? Many of us here haven't experienced what PTSD is like or seeing life through that lens. But I think we all have faced that experience of feeling trapped. Not knowing what to do next, it seems like whatever decision we make, somebody's going to get upset about it. Or feeling this emotional pain that no matter how hard we try to take our mind off of it, it's not going away. Where do we go when we feel that sense of entrapment? Where do we find peace in the storms of life? I wonder if those questions and that Emotional trauma was what was going on in the mind of Elisha's servant that we heard about this morning. I mean, just imagine this for a second. You wake up one morning and you see an army surrounding your hometown. I mean, he didn't know the backstory of how all this came about. He didn't know how the king of Aram was just enraged at his mentor. He did know about the deep hostility between the Arameans and his people. But he didn't know that Elisha could, by God's strength, know even the most private of conversations this king had. He had no part in knowing how this covert operation came to be, that they're coming in the middle of the night to capture or kill his master. All he knows is this gigantic army, chariots everywhere, soldiers surrounding him, no gaps, no holes in the ranks, all the way around his city. No escape. No way out. I mean, this day started like any other day for him. Waking up early in the morning, seeing the sunrise, and thinking of God's presence, enjoying his life. But as his eyes go down from that sunrise, he sees his end. He sees his downfall. What could he do? There's no place to hide. There's no place to run. There's no way to fight. And maybe you've been there before. I realize that most, if not all of us here, have never had a physical army standing in front of us, surrounding us at all sides. We have faced a deadly army. An army that's made up of only two components, but they are lethal. The devil and all of his forces, and that traitor that lives within each and every one of us called the sinful nature. Two forces that want nothing more than to get us into tunnel vision 
thinking that when we're going through pain and loss, there's no way out. Making us feel powerless, purposeless, strength nowhere to be found. Have you been there? Have you had those three tragic elements surround you to the point that you feel paralyzed? The devil's strategy, it's, it's tried and true. It's been around since the beginning of time, practically. He follows a very simple yet debilitating procedure. First, he desires to isolate you. And so when you're going through trauma, when you're going through pain and anxiety, he wants you to think that no one could understand what you're going through. No one can empathize with you. No one's going to notice the pain that you feel. And so he tries to teach you that isolation is really what your identity is now. Then he moves to the next step of trying to convince you that all the people God's placed in your life to love you, your family, your church family, your friends, they wouldn't get it. If I tell my family, they're just going to be shocked. If I tell my church family, they might judge me. If I tell my friends, they're going to be gone. And as he knocks down each of these pillars of strength in your life, then he goes for the kill. And he goes for how you view God. And he uses those same lines that he used with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Didn't God say in Psalm 46, or you just sang about the mighty fortress is our God, that he's always going to be with you? That he's your ever-present help in trouble? That he's your fortress? Where is he? Didn't God really say that he would stand at your side, that you will never fall because he is with you? Where is he? Is he really the God of coming through for you? That's what Elisha's servant was going through. Those are the questions that he had as he looked at his hopeless state, not knowing what he would do. And so you can just imagine him frantically bursting open the door, and there's Elisha who maybe was just starting his day, barely getting out of bed, and he throws himself at his feet, and he says words that... Only a human being in total loss could say. He looks at his master and he says, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? When he said this in his native language of Hebrew, the grammar is all jumbled. The words are all over the place, just stuttering out of his mouth. It's the same cry for help that so many Christians across ages have had. We heard the disciples with that cry for help. Paul, who's facing the end, the cries all around him. What do we do? How would God respond? What would Elisha, the man of God, say to this person who lost all hope? Elisha says something that at first just doesn't make any sense. He locks eyes with this servant, and this is what he says. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I can just imagine as these words escape Elisha's lips that that servant must have had the most confused look on his face. Elisha, are you delusional? I mean, look around us right now. I don't see any force. I mean, maybe this is just how your mind is trying to process the trauma that's about to unfold in the next 24 hours. But if there is a force... Can you show me where it is? Can they jump out of the shadows? Because I don't see anything like that. 
Have you had that same confused look on your face when you read all the times in Scripture that God says something to the effect of, have no fear, don't be afraid, there's nothing to fear? And you think, God, why give me this imaginary hope that doesn't seem to ever be authentic for me? Go back to the story and see what Elisha does next. It's completely radical. He prays. He looks up to heaven, and the servant, of course, is just watching him as closely as he can. His ears are perked up, and he says this amazing prayer. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And what that servant witnessed, all the words in every human language that's ever been made, it couldn't come close to describing the sight. All of a sudden he looks and he sees angels upon angels, thousands, infinite number, chariots of fire all around him. No holes, no gaps in the ranks. His fortress was there. It was there the whole time. He didn't see it. But now that he did, now that God opened his eyes, it's all he could see. Has God opened your eyes too? All of a sudden in your darkness, you see this marvelous light. And it's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a metaphysical ghost like the disciples thought it was. No, it's the Lord Almighty himself. Jesus. The God who walked in the darkness. Walked in your darkness. Who knows every bit of trauma and pain you've ever felt. The God who went to that cross for you, that puts you under the shadow of that cross, but that shadow is so different than any other shadow in the world. Instead of having darkness and blackness there, it's this joyful light. He's the God who through people like your church family and your friends speaks to you. You open the Bible and you see his words for you. He is there. He opens your eyes that you can see. As you go through this traumatic experience that is life, this battle that is never ending for the Christian, you see him. You see that you're not helpless. You're not hopeless. You have the greatest hope of all. You have the greatest strength standing with you, walking with you, there for you. He opens your eyes. And as you go through the storm of life when the waves of chaos and confusion are all around you, He climbs into the boat with you. He says, it is I. Don't be afraid. And the storm can't contend with his words. It can't contend with his power. We close our eyes and we clench them. We think, I I just can't see anything else. I can't feel any more loss. He comes up to you and he gently opens your eyes. And all you can see is him. When you see Jesus through the Bible, when you see him through the love of your family, the storm goes away. The army against you retreats. There you are, you and Jesus. Joy restored, strength regained, vision renewed. He sends those angel armies just like he did with Elijah's Elijah's servant. He surrounds you every day from the spiritual forces that are on top of you, attacking you every moment. His power is insurmountable. And his presence will never leave your side. 
When you feel yourself in that pit of loss, Jesus doesn't stand idly by. He climbs right down into that pit with you. And he fireman carries you back to him. Back to where you'll find your purpose and your joy. And he leads you to look beyond the enemy. As he carries you, you start seeing all the ways that God provides you with the emotional help and strength that you need. You start seeing the security that is there. That even though our emotions are fickle and life-altering, Jesus is rock-solid and life-transforming. Your fearless fighter will win whatever battle you are facing right now because he's won the war. You all just sang it. He holds the battlefield forever. One little word from Jesus can fell any of your greatest adversaries. Lord, just open our eyes so we can see. Just let us see you. He will. And he has. And he does. When you feel alone, when you feel like there's nowhere else to run, see him victorious from the cross. See him victorious from the grave. See him in the letters he has written down forever for you. See him who makes you whole. Elisha's servant, he saw. The disciples saw. Paul saw too. And by faith, you see. And so did that veteran I was telling you about earlier. He happened to stumble upon a Bible app that he could just listen. Instead of reading it, just listen to God's Word every day. And he said when those night terrors came up, he put on his headphones and just listened. He listened to the voice that tied him back to the only true reality, where there is no misinformation, there is no faulty headlines. This is God speaking. He could rely on it 100%. No questions asked. He had his strength. He saw his Savior. When you feel like you are alone, when you feel like the battle's too great, when you feel surrounded with no place to go, make Elisha's prayer your prayer. Just close your eyes and say, Lord, just let me see. Open my eyes. Let me see you. And what you will see will be far beyond anything you ever thought possible. Amen. And to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be all glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.